Hey, Anthony, it's that time again. To finally go back to a movie theater? Yeah, yeah, wait, no. No, not at all. Then what? It's time to make the podcast. Oh, oh, oh yeah, that thing. Once again, we have reached that time of the week. Time to dive into the movies we love and the movies we wish we could forget. Pitting them against each other to receive praise uh, or hatred. Based on a scale of our choosing. So let's jump into it. This is the Double Feature Podcast. Happy New Year, everybody, to you and yours from Double Feature Versus. I am Anthony. I'm Brad. Yeah, that guy that, that guy over there is Brad. And uh, today, we are going to give you our uh, best of 2021 list. So basically, our top 10 films of uh, 2021. Yeah. 2021 was a great year for movies. Uh, yeah. Not much for anything else. <laughs> not much. Not much. Not uh, much. Rest, rest in peace to Betty White. Uh, a lot of other celebrities we've met, we've uh, that passed this year. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, oh man, I tell you, man, these last two or three years have felt like a blur since COVID hit hit touchdown. I'll be honest. Every time that I look at like years for things, it's like, oh yeah, 2019. I remember what happened that year. 2020 right. and 2021 just kind of merged into a singular year to me. They're a, sing- they're a single blur. They yeah. really are. And I'm curious if 2022 is going to join that blur or if it's going to stand out in some way. And I hope if it stands out, it's a good standout. <laughs> I hope so, too, man. I hope so, too. All right, man. So uh, starting off with the 10s, uh, you want to go first? So I will start off with uh, one that I'm sure is on both of our lists. Uh, mm. Spider-Man No Way Home. Okay. So this one, I feel like we should just get this one out of the way because this one's, it's kind of an easy pick because we're both Spider-Man fans. It's, this was the pinnacle Spider-Man kind of movie. Mm -hmm. You know, there there was no way it wasn't going to make this list. So I find that, I don't think anybody's going to be surprised that this is on the list. At least for me, this, this is the top tier Spider-Man movie. It, Beats out Spider Man Two is my favorite Spider Man movie. Even hmm. that's a uh, that's very very commendable of you. Um, I don't know if it beats out Spider Man Two, but it definitely does belong in the top ten list. And uh, you know, folks, as we always do, th- these lists are subjective. You know what I'm saying there may be a little controversy going on with some choices we have, but these are subjective. So mm-hmm. I mean, of course, No Way Home would be in top ten. It was a very enjoyable co- crowd pleaser. Oh yeah. It was a crowd pleaser, without a doubt. So that's um, that's on my list for in. Uh, so these lists are kind of in order, but with subject to change. But the ten movies are stapled in, so their placement yeah. might move around like one or two notches from where we're listing. But it's stapled in as the top ten. I'm dying on this hill, man. This is the order. I worked hard on this order, man. I was sitting on the beach with my wife on New Year's Day, and I said, you know what? I'm going to get this list in order and place it in order. I just saw 
I just saw a movie recently that kind of threw my list into a little bit of a uh, disarray, but I got it back <laughs> together. It's calmed down now. Okay. Okay. Um, all right. So number ten for me, I got um, the Matrix Resurrections. Now, now listen. I, I know we had a back and forth talk about this, and uh, <laughs> I can already tell this is going to be one of those podcasts, isn't it? <laughs> I'm joking, man. I just want to see the look on your face. <laughs> what are we doing? The top 1,000s of the year? No, no. I'm not. Uh, top 10,000 movies of 2021. <laughs> Number 10,000. Oh, man. I'm 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 not in shock anymore. I'm just still, like, just depressed about how bad that was. But, um, okay, Number 10 is Licorice Pizza. And uh, you and I are going to talk about this on a future episode. Yeah, yeah this man. is one that I still haven't seen yet. I, I'm looking forward to catching it in theaters at some point soon, but I haven't seen this one yet. Okay. Well, you know, just not to not to ruin anything for you, um, you know Paul Thomas Anderson is my guy, my mm-hmm. favorite director. Uh, he knocked it out of the park with this one, man. Uh, great coming-of-age love story, very funny, uh, heartwarming. I loved it, dude. You know, um, Philip Seymour Hoffman's son, I think his name is Cooper Hoffman. Uh, he's in the lead role. Elena Haim, who was part of the um, the uh, the female um, singing group Haim. She does great. All around just great movie, man. I loved it. Okay. All right, man. Number nine on you. Number nine for me. And this is uh, The Mitchells versus The Machines. So this was an animated one. And it was done by the same people that did like the Lego movie uh, into mm-hmm. the Spider Verse and everything like that. And it's it's a very like family oriented movie, but it does the like the whole message of you know uh, follow your heart, you know do what you want, everything like that. Find your passion and go for it, and realize that other people have their own different passions that are going to be against yours. So it's. It's such a great movie and one that really surprised me. I thought it was going to be like that, you know, standard family movie, but it's one I don't see anybody really talking about much. I have heard of it. I I did hear of it when it was out and I said, um, oh, that looks interesting. But I I didn't really hear from anyone if it was good or not. Yeah, I wanted to try and find a way we could form an episode on it, but I couldn't for the life of me find something to pair it up with. Meet the Robinsons? No, it's... It's not even that kind of movie. Oh, it seemed like that kind of movie. Oh, no, okay. it's 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 a little bit different than that. Um, actually, there was one that recently came out called Ron Goes Wrong, and I was thinking maybe a pairing of those two yeah, could work, but I haven't seen Ron Goes Wrong, so I'm only basing that off of the trailer. Okay. That they could be similar. All right, well, I'll, um, I'll add that to the list then. That, that did look interesting, so I might, I might watch that with my lady or something. So you said Mitchells versus the Machine? Yeah, the Mitchells versus the Machines. Okay, all right, I'll add It's that. also got a very unique like animation style to it, which is what originally caught my attention for it in the first place. Word up, word up. All right, for number nine, what I have is The Green Knight. Um, dude, I love this movie, man. I told you, this movie was like one or two wee watches away from me deeming it a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw it in theaters, and it was just as um, just as artsy and surreal and great as an A twenty four fantasy film can be. Uh, directed by David Lawry, who also brought us a ghost story, The Old Man and the Gun, 
Um, he did the Peace Dragon uh, Disney remake, which I haven't seen yet. But he's a great director, and I felt this was an awesome film. And it had an awesome lead performance from Dev Patel that I personally haven't seen since Slumdog Millionaire. You know, I still need to watch Lion, which I heard he's great in that. But um, yeah, man, all around just great movie, man. I love the fantasy elements of it. I love the theme of um, knighthood and, uh, you know, basically just owning up to your destiny. And regardless of what Brad says, folks, he died in the end. <laughs> Period. Hey, dude, that that I, happened. Yeah, I... Mm, okay. Can't believe you're still <laughs> wrestling with that. I, I'm going to wrestle with that because him dying at the end still makes it like so a lot of the journey was pointless. But you know? that's the point. He made he had to own up and be a man and uh, you know, go by the oath he made. Okay. I, I don't know. I, that's how the fables go. Yeah. It that one I I will say I disagree with you. I agree it deserves to be on the list, but I disagree on that ending bit still. <laughs> Of course you do. <laughs> of course you do, man. <laughs> All right, moving on to number eight. So, uh, for me, this one is a movie that we haven't discussed, but we are going to discuss in the future, The Tender Bar. Okay, so I had Licorice, you had Tender Bar, okay. So, uh, The Tender Bar is one that I got a chance to see early on in uh, December, and it just, it was a great coming-of-age story, uh, without too many spoilers that, uh, I, I gotta say it's it, Ben Affleck kind of knocked this one out of the park with the role he has in this movie. Better than he did in that, uh, basketball movie where he plays the alcoholic coach. I would say better than he did in that basketball movie. I can't remember the oh, name wow. of the basketball movie, but I would say he, he the got this one. Yeah. He got this one a little bit better than that. Oh, wow. So, all right. So, this might be the best Ben Affleck performance then. So, uh, for that, I, I got to say, this one easily made the list. Uh, it's a little bit lower on the list, but it's it's on the list for sure. Okay. All right. For number eight, a film that I knew would make the list, but I was surprised when I got done with that how low it got, but I'm still... I'm, I like where it is. Uh, Dune. Man, I just uh, I finished reading the book not too long before I saw the movie and that um that David Lynch uh, catastrophe that we that we also watched. But um, <laughs> dude, I gotta say, man, this is one of the best modern adaptations of a science fiction novel I ever seen. I gotta say, I'm surprised that this is this low on your list. The ones that come before this, I have good reasons for them. Um, okay, I, I I know it was a great movie. But uh, yeah, man, uh, Dennis V knocked it out of the park like he's done so many times before. Sicario, Arrival, Prisoners, Blade Runner twenty forty nine. He 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 keeps knocking it out the park, man. I think we might have a new goat on our hands. I think Chris Nolan got to watch out, man, because Dennis V is on his behind when it comes to making intelligent blockbusters. Okay, you know I. It, I will say this one's on my list as well, a little bit higher than on yours, but this one is also on my list. We'll get to it. Everything but. just hits good in this movie. The performances, it's the first Timothy Chalmot role. Where I'm, I'm, I, I feel like he does a great job in his performance and he's not just there to be, you know, uh, the pretty boy. Mm -hmm. uh, I think he's a perfect Paul. Rebecca Ferguson, uh, who's my man? Uh, Stellan Skarsgård, Josh Brolin. Everyone does great in this film, dude. Yeah, we even have, um, I'm trying to remember, Aquaman 
Uh, I'm blanking on his name right now. Jason Momoa. Jason Oscar Momoa is in this one. Yeah. Oscar Isaac, Javier Bardem. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah the it's cast, cast list is packed, and it's a dope they all cast. pull it in, and it's got some of the best sci-fi in most movies. Even though she's in there for five minutes, Zendaya too, but she's she's a more crucial part in the in the second film. Right, yeah. she'll she'll come into her character, but she was a good intro for this one. Yeah. Okay, number seven. So number seven for me is uh, the Suicide Squad. So this okay. was uh, James Gunn's attempt at revitalizing the Suicide Squad, and I I loved it. I, I thought it was absolutely perfect for getting that kind of raunchy comic book movie. You know, you don't know what's going to happen, who's going to die. They played around with a lot of cool elements from the comics mm-hmm. and introduced a lot of characters that, for the most part, even I didn't know some of the characters that were introduced in this movie, and I fell in love with them. So it, that's that's a big thing. Okay, okay. Yeah, that's definitely in the that's definitely in the top ten on mine too, and uh, I feel like that's a good spot on the list for that. Um, yeah, number seven for me, Zack Snyder's Justice League. Now, for a long time, it was kind of a running joke on this podcast where um, I was kind of like kind of like getting a little excited to watch it, and the more the the the, the closer the release date came, the more you were like. Oh, I think this is gonna suck, Anthony. Like, like you, you. It's like the more you got closer to it, the more Brad kept regretting. It. Like, I don't know if I want to watch this. <laughs> do we really need to do an episode on this? I know I suggested right. it, but do we really need to? I don't want to do it anymore. I don't like this. <laughs> One of the funniest things is when we, when, the, when the movie started, you saw that message saying like, "Oh, this is gonna be in such and such format." Oh yeah, it's gonna be like, in four by three. To keep the integrity of Zack Snyder's vision. And I just remember sitting there going, oh, God, here we go. <laughs> oh, no. But, dude, surprisingly enough, man, this movie slapped. I love this movie, dude. I think it's a, I think it's a great three-hour superhero masterpiece. Uh, of course, it has its flaws because it is a Zack Snyder film. But it's a well-done Zack Snyder film. I think post-Dawn of the Dead which is his first film. This might be the best Zack Snyder film I ever saw. Really? Okay. Yeah, I don't I don't put anything else above this. I really don't. Um I I loved it, man. I loved the the emo slow motion music sequences. I loved uh the black Superman suit, which was great. I loved Wonder Woman blowing my my man's away. Oh, did I you like the- how you could tell every time she was going to be on camera because they played her theme song every time she was there? I loved it, man. I loved <laughs> every single thing of this movie, dude. It's loud and and, and so like big. Uh, it's, it's it's just a loud, big spectacle. But it's what it's the spectacle that DC fans deserve. You know what I'm saying? I loved it, man. I I loved I loved the music score. The action, the jokes, the flash was not as obnoxious in this one. He actually had like a great. He he was actually like 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 a non annoying comedic effect in this film. He was actually mm-hmm. like a lovable character. Right. The, um, Cyborg was way better in this one. You know his relationship with his father was more established and um you know more more heartfelt. Yeah, man, I love this movie. Yeah, I, I'm I can honestly say we discussed this one prior previously, so my opinion of it hasn't changed. This is by far a much better adaptation than what we saw with the original justice league, uh, for the reason that you mentioned. 
it was paced a lot better. The characters were a lot well or a lot more well done. You know, you actually had Cyborg getting a plot this time. So there was definitely a lot more to this one. Uh, it doesn't even feel long either when you're watching it. Yeah, if it wasn't for the fact that they split it up and they were like telling you, you know, here's the start of chapter two and here's the start of chapter three, they would have flowed into each other perfectly. Like you wouldn't have noticed that you were, you know, at a certain point you'd probably like the same with like Avengers Endgame where it was mm. so paced well and everything. But at a certain point, you kind of like have to look at your watch and go, OK, yeah, we are about two hours into it now. OK, good, good. <laughs> I didn't even feel that way with Endgame. Um, yeah, man, with this movie, man, I even love the end credit scenes. I think they're fun, uh, even though there's not a chance. I don't think there's a chance DC is going to. I don't think DC and Snyder are ever getting back together again. But um, it was a nice dream to get a tease of where Zack Snyder's vision was going. Okay. Yeah, I loved it. All right, heading to number six. Uh, number six for me, this is where the Green Knight fell in my opinion. Okay. Is at number six. So a nice spot. Uh, same reasons that uh, Anthony gave for this one. I agree wholeheartedly, except for that ending bit. Uh, but this is a great kind of journey film. Uh, it's very rare that we get like a long kind of form journey that pans out as well. Like the only other movies I can think of off the top of my head are like 1917 uh, or mm. like Lord of the Rings, where it's not so much the end, it's the journey that's going across that is the story. So it's very few kind of forms of movies can tell that story and keep you entertained the entire way, uh, especially when the entire thing is just walking. And that's mostly what's going on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like for the short story that the Green Knight adapted, it adapted it very well and, and made the film into a good um, a good length. I like the dual performance by um, uh, uh, Alicia. Va- is it how do I say her name? Alicia Valander. Um, uh, she Kander. was the. She was the woman he loved back home, the the common girl, and oh. she was the uh, the king's wife. I like her performance. Um, Alicia Vikander, I think her name is. All right. Um, are you, you, you done? Yep. That You pretty much said all that there was to say about that one. So that's... <laughs> okay. Uh, I knew we'd run into this. I'll be like, eh, yeah, pretty much what Brad said. Moving yeah. on. <laughs> I'm just glad I don't have to do that for each one. But um, number six for me, and uh, this was a last-minute change, but it's a deserved last-minute change, the harder they fall. Man, I love this movie, dude. I just watched this recently. Um, this is directed by Jamie Samuel, who is um, of the band The Bullets. Uh, it's um, it's a western, and it's a great, great leading cast. You got uh, Idris Elba, um, Regina Hall, um, uh, Lakeith Stanfield, my man from um, The Last Black Man in San Francisco. I don't, know, I see him all the time, but I don't know his name. And he was in Lovecraft Country. Um, you got, uh, Delroy Lindo. It's just, it's just a terrific cast in this book. Regina King. I'm sorry. I think I said Regina Hall by mistake, but it's just a terrific cast, um, in, in this movie, man. It's a great revenge thriller, a great cowboy movie. 
terrific music. Jay-Z produced the soundtrack. Everything about this film, dude, to the visuals, the violence, the themes, the characters, everything just hits right. Have you seen it yet? I have not seen this one yet. I did have this one on my to play list or in my queue. Uh, I just haven't gotten to it yet. And I, I, I've heard a lot of the same things that you said about it. It's, it's just a great kind of thriller Western kind of movie. It's fun, dude. It's just very fun. And um, yeah, man, it's a great Western uh, directed very well. Yeah, dude, it, it, I'd say number six is a good spot for this. And if you haven't seen it, see it. Um, this is one of those things on my Netflix list that I told myself I was going to watch um, uh, it, ringing in the new year. Because one of my uh, resolutions is to get that Netflix list down. There's too many movies on that list. I got to get it down. You, I'll you know be honest. About, I, right? Your Netflix queue list? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mine is perpetually i don't think i can use that to like monitor movies i want to see anymore because i literally use it to just bookmark everything good on netflix more or less you don't even you don't even use it you just you just bookmark it like oh okay i'll set this i'll set this one in my storage somewhere yeah so it's basically i'll, I'll be honest like half of my list is probably like stand-up comedy shows so that way it's like okay. what should i watch you know and it's like oh okay this is a good stand-up show let me just put on jim gaffigan and you know have that play in the background and stuff like that so like a good portion of my queue is stuff that i've already watched that is like the safe stuff to just throw on when you know i don't want to pay attention to what's on tv gotcha gotcha all right. Yeah, I should use it for that. But then I would forget the other movies that I got to watch. Right. It's a weird catch 22 because it's like, oh, it are is. you going to get through your queue? It's like, no, it's my queue is never going <laughs> to get through because most of it is stuff that's on there to literally just be on there. I'm going to make a dent tonight, man. I'm going to watch Power of the Dog, Pieces of a Woman, and I might even tune in to Sandra Bullock's newest film, The Unforgivable. I'm, I'm going to get it. I'm going to knock that list down tonight. Okay. Some of it, some of it. Um, but all right, man, heading to number five. So going into number five, this one is uh, Army of the Dead. So the Zack Snyder mm. zombie. So I love campy zombie movies. Uh, okay. I don't think that's a secret about me at all, but I absolutely love campy zombie movies. Uh, the crazier it is, the better for me. And this managed to pee a perfect kind of campy zombie what is going on i love like the idea behind the zombies actually being smart enough to you know use weapons and open doors and everything because it adds a little bit more suspense to it uh there was actually a goal for the people that didn't revolve around the zombies at all the zombies were kind of just an obstacle that was there and mm -hmm. their goal was to rob this bank and so you had the zombie heist movie uh with like dave batista you had just a great cast overall yeah and yeah. yeah this one it's one of the more fun movies that i think i saw this year that's a good one that's a good one you're gonna go watch the one that's the prequel about the guy that breaks into the heist or uh, the guy army that of thieves i believe it's called yeah yeah i need to watch it i didn't realize it actually released already Oh, it did come out? Yeah, it's apparently out. Uh, I found out when I was making my list and everything like that, because I was kind of going through the movies I had seen and everything, and that was one of the things of, hey, if you like this movie, you should check out Army of Thieves right now. I was like, what? When did 
when did that okay. release? And it apparently came out back in like October. Oh, wow. See, that's why I'm so out of touch with Netflix, man. I have an account, but I'm not always on there like I should be. Yeah, same with me. So uh, overwhelming. I, I never even knew that it came out. I thought it was still like in production. Yeah. You know? right. I didn't even know that they had finished filming it yet. That's crazy. All right. Number five on my list is The Suicide Squad. Uh, pretty much the same reasons you gave. I love this movie. Uh, it did everything right. It uh, made me regret that we never got an eight-year director cut for the original Suicide Squad. But um, I love that James Gunn took up the mantle and uh, they gave him creative control. Because it, it's re- it really is a great movie. Like, the performances are great. You know, Margot Robbie steals the show. Idris Elba is very good. John Cena. Um, my man's uh, <laughs> Stallone as Shark. What's his name? Uh, King Shark. King Shark. Yeah, every, yeah. Everyone pretty much stole the show in this movie. Great ensemble cast, and it makes me geeked for the next Guardians. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah, because we – I want to say that's coming 2023. So it's still not this year. It's next year. But this year, I think we're getting the holiday special. There you go. There you go. All right. On to number four. So number four for me, this is where Dune falls on my list. Okay. So uh, like I said earlier, it's a great sci-fi movie. Uh, Everything that Anthony mentioned before absolutely applies in my mind to this movie. And... I couldn't imagine putting this any lower on my list. Like I'm actually a little bit surprised that it was lower on your list. I don't know, man. The movies I got before it, they really just, they really blew me away. Okay. I I can, I can agree that there were a lot of great movies this year, but this one, it, it's up there on the list. No, it really was great. It really was a great movie. Um, yeah, man, it was, listen, I committed myself to this order. This is the order. This is the order. <laughs> as controversial as it may be, this is the order. See, even with my order, I'm still looking at it and going, I can still move some stuff around, but I'm sticking with the order I have. Otherwise, I'm going to get lost on where I am. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, number four for me, I actually put this at uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. Okay. Like, same reason you were shocked about Dune. I was shocked about No Way Home for you at like straight up 10. See, that one, I originally had it higher on my list, but Mm -hmm. it, every time that I was like looking at other movies and stuff, I would be like, okay, Spider-Man can get moved down a notch on this one. It can move, get moved down a notch on this one. And it's like, (laughs) I I really want it high on that list. But at the same time I would think about it. It's like, there's so other, many other movies that surprise me. Spider-Man was like a given no matter what, you know, it's, it was a given, but well, I don't know. It wasn't it wasn't a total given for me because I, I this whole time I was anticipating this film. You and I kept talking about it, mm-hmm. and when I saw it, I I loved it and I got what I wanted. But I got what I wanted and more. You know what I mean? Like I I, I was kind of hoping that you know the other Spider Mans would come in. They did, but I wasn't expecting William Defoe's Green Goblin to be as great as he was. Yes, and like it's like you said, it was like William Defoe had been waiting for this call. You know, he got, you know, A24 film after A24 film, you know, Disney film here, independent film there. But when he got that Spider-Man call, he was like, I'm ready. Yeah. You know, yeah, like, and one cool thing, uh, I don't think we really mentioned it because the interviews hadn't really come out yet for it. But uh, apparently 
uh, William Defoe did like almost 20 takes for every scene and doing them completely different every time. Mm-hmm. Uh, because oh, wow. I think it was Tom Holland was mentioning during the like post-production of the movie. He was one of the people that they never had to call back because they already had a take for every possible scenario. They decided to change up in post-production for mm-hmm. his attitude during those scenes. Uh, so he had okay. scenes where he was doing it as the goblin and doing it as Norman uh, in the same kind of scene and everything like that. So that way they could kind of mold it a little bit and change it as they wanted to. So he is just an amazing performer. That, oh, he's an amazing actor. Oh, 100%. And he doesn't yeah. get the credit he deserves most of the time. I think recently he has, though. Recently he, he's been getting his credit. A little bit, yeah. Because Lighthouse did a lot for him. Florida Project, I know, did a lot for him. I think I think lately William Defoe has been getting his roses. Okay. It might be that I just don't see it as much as I think I should see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why it kind of still feels low. But at the same time, like I, I know Nick Cage is a great actor. And you know, we see him mentioned all over the place because he's basically a meme at this point. With his uh, acting, just in his movie oh, picks on, and everything. Man. This is double feature. We got to pay Cage a bit more respect. He's more in the Medi- meme. He, he's Cage. He's Cage. <laughs> you know, we, come on. Um, Cage gets respect here. But uh, no, nah, man, um, I agree with you. But yeah, dude, just terrific crowd pleaser. I loved it from beginning to end. Uh, sans that horrible Tom Credit, Tom Hardy uh, after credit scene that just was whatever but um yeah i love this movie dude yeah yeah i gotta say like even though it's low on my list it it made the list it it was one of the staple movies i knew was not gonna get knocked off the list but at the same time it did exactly what i wanted from it and yeah i still pull it above spider-man 2 as my favorite spider-man movie still now i don't know if i'm there yet but i don't i don't i'm not mad at you for saying that yeah <laughs> all right all right on to number three uh number three for me is last night in soho okay so this one uh made it up because it actually surprised me in a lot of ways so very rarely will i don't know if you've seen it yet we've discussed it actually haven't yeah, we? i've seen it yeah we okay. talked about it so i wanted to make sure before i went to a little bit of spoilers on it Mm-hmm. But it has a lot of twists with it that are really good. They caught me off guard. Uh, a lot of cool editing moments and stuff like that. It's a good psychological kind of thriller. It has a lot there that actually surprised me. Like I, I go into an Edgar Wright movie going, you know what? I'm going to walk out of this liking it. This one I liked for reasons that I didn't expect. So okay. it came out as a more surprising movie to me. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I enjoyed it when I saw it. It wasn't my personal top ten, but um, you know, Edgar Wright always has just great visual style with his directing, and I love how he um he mixes sound effects with the uh, music score too. Yes. Yeah, that's one thing. Like the environment and everything like that. He he, he nailed it out of the park as usual. You know, and it's like one of those bad things that's like yeah, it's kind of expected from him, but it's still a very difficult thing to do, and he pulls it off effortlessly mm-hmm. so it's yeah. it's one of those weird catch 22s where it's like oh yeah it was an edgar wright movie what did you expect but it's like that's still a huge you know deal that he pulled that off 
Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it was it was very it was a very effective thriller. I liked it. Um, okay, uh, number three on my list, and let me just say, if you haven't seen this movie yet, please do yourself a favor and watch it. Uh, I have Titan, uh, T I T A N E. So this is a French film. Um, it's kind of like a I don't know how would I would I describe this man, but it's kind of like a drama slash body horror film. So it's about this woman who, um, you know, she has a car accident as a kid, and she has a titanium plate fitted into her head because of the accident. Okay. And she ha- and she has a real attraction for cars. So um, something happens in the movie without giving it away, where she's now on the run, and there's a man who um, whose son has been missing. For about like I want to say ten plus years, mm-hmm. so she she kind of alters her appearance to make herself look like his son. So um, he takes him in, thinking she's his son, and the movie just like it kind of just veers off from like a horror thriller movie to like a, a powerful drama. And okay. uh, dude, this is just a great movie, dude. Um, this seems like something A twenty four will release, but uh, they 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 didn't. This is Neon. Who um, Neon is on the come up, dude. When it comes to movies, Neon Production Studio, they're they're making a lot of heavy hitters. What else did they come out with? Because I'm not recognizing them by name. They made Possessor. They made the Nicolas Cage film Pig. Uh, they made a few others. Uh, but I've I've been seeing their name. They're, they're I on the Pig come was up. A24. Nope. Oh, OK. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like they they're they're like A24 is like biggest competitor right now in great independent movies. But. Dude, I'm telling you, Titan. Um, I wrote a review on Eight Bit Waffles, man. Like I said, it's it's visceral, it's surreal, it's violent, it's brilliant. Um, it's one of the best movies of this year, easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, man, I love this movie. Okay, okay. All right, all right. On the, all right, final two. Final, final two. two. This is this is the top two of the year for both of us. This is where it makes or breaks. Yeah, this wasn't these weren't easy decisions, by the way. No, not at all. Like this, this entire list was stressful to make. I'll be honest. Yep. So with this one, I got to pull into pure nostalgia mode on this one. Uh Uh Oh, Ghostbusters Afterlife. Really? Two? Really? So this one pulled in. All those feelings of watching the first Ghostbusters for the first time, uh, pulling it to a more modern decade, and with a great cast, they did a great job reintroducing the original cast, giving those original movies some heft, uh, enough references and Easter eggs to make me, like, I've seen this movie two times now, and both times I was catching different things I didn't catch. So... I'm curious on if I see it a third time, if I'll catch even more things, you know, in references to the previous movies. I'm super excited to see where they go with it now. I really hope that it pulled in enough for box office for them to go, we'll make another Ghostbusters movie with that same cast because I want to see it happen. Like, that isn't something that I thought of previous to this movie coming out of, oh, we need another Ghostbusters. I walked into this one expecting Ghostbusters Stranger Things and being like, it's it's just going to pull in a regular crowd pleaser. I came out going, that is one of the best movies I've seen all year. And I stand by it. Controversial, but I stand by it wholeheartedly. 
Okay. Um, hey, number two is high. I know. That, like I said, this this list was stressful, but this is this is where it's ended up. So let me get this straight. You put Ghostbusters Afterlife over Spider Man No Way Home, Dune, Green Knight, and Suicide Squad. Yes. I think the only uh, one that I might move around man. would be No Way Home. Would possibly overleap this one. Hey, folks, remember, this is the same guy that clowned me because I gave Matrix 4 a two-star. Yeah, yeah. Remember I, that. I stand by that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. All right, man. Uh, number two for me, uh, hands down, uh, Ridley Scott's The Last Duel. Man, when I tell you it's been a long time since I've seen a Ridley Scott film that just, you know, just kept me entertained and glued to the big screen from start to finish, that's what this movie is, bro. Like, uh, you got great heavy hitters in the main cast. You got Jodie Comer. You got Adam Driver. You got Matt Damon. Um, Ben Affleck is, he's a little shaky with his accent in this movie, but he's still good. Uh, Yeah, man, I love this movie, dude. A uh, great medieval film that um, deals with uh, themes of, um, you know, uh, rape, abuse, um, you know, a woman's place in that time and not really be- being given a voice. And it just has a great action sequence, action sequences. And the final duel is up there with any battle sequence in Gladiator, man. Like mm-hmm. this was uh, really Scott in top form uh, from a director standpoint, dude. Like he his movies always range from like excellent to okay. Well, no, excellent to solid. Because like I thought House of Gucci was a good movie. It was solid, but it was not touching this. And strangely, that movie got more promotion than this film did. Yeah, I think the last it kind of popped into theaters and then it popped out of theaters pretty quickly. Yeah, like this movie didn't get as 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 much promotion as House House of Gucci did, and I was just surprised by that. Like that should have been reversed, if anything. Yeah, I think House of Gucci, just because of the name, already right. had a little bit easier when it came to marketing. Because a lot of people know the Gucci brand. They know the Gucci name. So when it came to marketing that movie, it was a lot easier for them to market, hey, here's a story for that brand that everybody like counts as the highest kind of valued, you know, people making purses and like handbags and stuff like that. A mm. lot of people already know them. Uh, the Last Duel is very indie. It's very much its own self-contained story. There's really nothing you can market based off of existing kind of nostalgia. It didn't look like it had a, um, a independent uh, budget, I'll tell you that. It was shot very well, and it looked like it had like an expensive budget that was used to its best ability. Um, and it's a period piece. Everyone loves knights and gladiators. Right. We're living in the world of where of, we're living in the era of Game of Thrones. Yeah, uh, I, I, I guess. But dude, if you haven't seen it, have you have you seen it? You haven't seen it I, yet. I have haven't you? seen it yet. I wanted to see it in theaters, and then it kind of just disappeared from theaters so quickly. Well, you got your own projector. You can you can watch this. I know. Like, is it on streaming? It is. Okay. I would say at this Titan and my first pick. But uh, before we get to my first pick, you go. Okay. Drum roll. So this is my number one movie of 2021. Mm -hmm. And uh, I I know that you're going to disagree with me right off the bat. Uh, I am very much aware of that. 
uh, but Bo Burnham's inside, I think encapsulated everything that it, 2020 and 2021 felt like and put it into words. And it did it by doing a lot of great songs. Uh, it did great editing for the fact that he did this all in his bedroom and made this. Uh, the little discussions that he has, you know, throughout the entire, um, I, I don't want to say movie, but it is a movie because he mm-hmm. does break down and go, you know, this is what I'm feeling right now. You know, uh, I'm locked inside my room. You know, I can't do anything right now. Uh, these are the feelings I'm feeling. Let me express it. And it's a great example of expressing that feeling that everybody had during a lockdown period, being stuck in their home, not sure what's going on, not sure what's going to happen and being kind of scared as to what's going on. And it just exemplified all of it so well and created this great album that I still have going on in my playlists constantly to this day. And I have yet to skip a single song whenever they come from this album. Okay. That's an interesting choice. I, I've actually heard that uh, a lot of people love that movie. Um, it's on my list. It's in my Netflix queue. And I do. I am prepared to watch that into the new year. Uh, I'm, I'm not I'm not too familiar with Bo Burnham's comedy. I'm, I'm familiar with his movies. Um, Art is Dead is a song I like, but that's like mm-hmm. the only song I know from his like past specials. So I have been meaning to watch this. I heard great things about it. Yeah, for me, it's... It this was one that uh, it, as soon as I put it in my head that it was going to be on the list, and for a while I was thinking I don't know if it fits in the list because it's not really a movie, but everybody categorizes it as a movie and not a comedy special. So I think it qualifies enough to be put into the top ten movies. I call it a film. I would call it so. That. It's this was one of those ones that like, as soon as I was like, it, it fits in the list. It was number one immediately and nothing budged it from that spot. Even when I was removing stuff around and kind of swapping some movies for other movies, this one never budged on the list. So I 100% think this is where it belongs on my list. Okay. Okay. I got you. Um, okay. All right. Well, number one on my, I don't feel bad about my number one pick. Uh, number one on my list, man, is Pig. Uh, dude, when I tell you, man, I, you know, this podcast loves Nicolas Cage, of course. Mm-hmm. When I saw this film, man, I, I didn't quite know what to expect. I thought it was kind of going to be like a John Wick film, but regarding the pig rather than the dog. <laughs> and I said, well, look, John Wick meets Nick Cage. How, how can you go wrong? So I, I kind of went in here, um, you know, with a shitty, shitting smile on my face. But uh, it actually turned out to be a very profound, poignant movie, man. And Nicolas Cage arguably gives the performance of his career, dude. Now, it's hard to top leaving Las Vegas because that's just a, that's just like that's like the number one numero uno Nicolas Cage performance. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this movie is really is this movie is pretty up there. It's pretty up there. Yeah, man. The cast in this man, Nick Cage, Nat Wolf, um, just just great casting, uh, a great, unique, weird, beautiful story um, in a weird, unique, beautiful city of Portland. I love Pig, man. I'm, And you know what, man? I know you're probably going to tell me you haven't seen it, man, but I'm, I'm really perplexed as to why you haven't checked this out Actually, yet. Actually. You watched it? I have watched it now. 
Uh, I saw it when you posted your remedial list on Facebook and you put that as your number one. I was like, shit, Anthony's going to get on me if I haven't watched this movie yet. You already knew it, man. So I had to watch it and I actually watched it earlier today to finally see and everything like that. And it didn't make my list because this was my 2021 list. So this is a movie that technically I didn't see it in 2021, but it is in my honorable mentions because it did come out in 2021. And if it wasn't for the fact that like I've already played around with my list so much, if I had seen it earlier in the year, it would have been in there somewhere. I don't exactly know if it would have been number one or where it would have fallen, but it would have been in that top 10. You're being around the bush. What did you think? I absolutely loved it. I told you, uh, Nick man. Nick Cage playing just this stoic kind of uh, run. De- like, all he wanted to do, he was so famous in that city or that small right. town. And all he wanted to do was just live out in the countryside, be left alone. And he, he just liked his pig. And it wasn't even like he needed the pig either. Right. You know, he even mentions, you know, I don't need the pig. I want my pig, you know, and it has some great kind of moments that just exemplify Nick Cage. Uh, One of them being when he goes back to like his old house and the little boy is like sitting on the porch and playing. I can't remember what the instrument was, but uh, it, it just the scene just falls so clean with its it dialogue does. and everything that just feels like Nick Cage walked up to some kid on a porch and just started having a conversation with him and it wasn't even scripted but they just had the camera rolling by chance. Yeah. Yeah, man. That's just that's such a weird beautiful movie, man. I- I'm glad you finally see what I was talking about cuz when I would say, "Dude, Pig is amazing." They go, "Isn't that like the Nick Cage movie where he misses his pig?" I'm like, "Yeah, but it's 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 that but it ain't that." You know, I, I will I say I originally was thinking back like before uh, we had watched it at all or before even you had seen it of like pairing that up with like uh, Bob Odenkirk's nobody is like, oh, here are the John Wick kind of thing. This movie would not Nothing have paired like up with that at all. That would have been a terrible episode. We would have been going. Yeah, this this pairing did not work. <laughs> Dude. I look at this movie as the same way we looked at Kajillionaire when we first saw it, man. Like this movie was a surprise to me. Mm-hmm. Like, like absolutely, man. Um, I'm glad you liked it, man. I mean, you could have added it. I just saw the Harder Day Fall today, and I added it to my list. See, for um, me, but- I was thinking 2021, and it was like, hmm. And honestly, the only reason I even like pushed into watches because i saw it at the top of your list and i was like i know anthony's gonna want to talk about this and i know if i haven't seen it he's just going to (laughs) yell at me on the podcast for a solid five minutes but why haven't you seen this movie i was rehearsing what i was gonna say to you i'm like i know brad still hasn't watched this movie (laughs) see i knew i knew you had your script and the best part now is you get to look at that screen go shit i spent like five hours on this script and i don't even get to say a single word from it now (laughs) <laughs> man, I, I was gonna be like, man, we our first episode was dedicated to this guy. You couldn't even watch me. Yeah. Like, come on, <laughs> you know. But I'm glad you watched it, man. I'm glad you got that on. I'm glad you got that out the way. Yes. So I I did watch it. I really enjoyed it. And yeah, if it wasn't for like in my head with this list and being like, no, no, this is the movies I saw in 2021. This would be on the list. Okay. Okay. All right, so now we go into runner-ups. So uh, you want to just go through your runner-ups list first? 
Yeah, I'll, I'll get mine out the way. So runner, the first runner up I got, this one was almost on the list, dude. If it wasn't for Harder They Fall, this would have been at number 10. Um, Stillwater. So this was the Matt Damon film where um, he's a he's a southern man. Um, he goes over to France where his um, daughter is in, is imprisoned for a crime, and he's trying to like uncover the truth behind it because he doesn't think his his daughter committed the crime of uh, killing someone. Dude, it's just a great movie, and it's a great movie that has like two movies in one. One is about a man trying to exonerate his daughter, kind of like a thriller. And the other one is kind of like a touching drama between a man and a young boy who he, who he befriends and, you know, um, befriends his mom as well. Yeah, I just I just love this movie, dude. It's just a great leading performance by Matt Damon. It kind of like tops his performance of Jason Bourne to me. And it showed that he had this and Last Duel showed the range that Matt Damon has as an actor. OK. Um, Many Saints of Newark. As you know, I'm a Sopranos fan. Uh, this was a prequel to The Sopranos, a very good prequel. It wasn't, it wasn't exactly groundbreaking, but it was a nice prequel into like The Sopranos mythology. The movie doesn't even like really concern Tony Soprano as it does his um his uncle that kind of inspired him to become a mobster. Uh, great character study. I really liked it, man. I I hope um David Chase kind of explores the um. The Sopranos passed a little bit more in the future. He says he's interested in it, but um, I feel like it was a nice extended Sopranos episode. I uh, I enjoyed it. Um, passing on Netflix. This movie threw me for a loop, dog. Uh, so this is um, the directorial debut of Re- Rebecca Hall. You know that actress, right? From the uh, town. The name rings a bell, but I can't picture. She was in Kong versus Godzilla. She was the, the the biologist, the scientist. Okay, yes. Okay, so this is her directorial debut, and this has Tessa Thompson and uh, Ruth Nega. Oh, and my man from Godzilla versus Kong, Alexander Skarsgård, is in this too. Um, so basically, this deals with um, two black women, and this is in like I want to say the 1940s or such, or maybe even earlier than that. But they they basically in society they they pass as white women because they're very light skinned. Mm-hmm. Um, so you got one woman that just passes when she goes to the grocery store and, and things in order to shop in the white neighborhood so she doesn't have any trouble. And you got her friend from high school that actually like lives this. Like she has like a, a fiance that doesn't even know she's black. Like her fiance thinks she's white. So they they spark up a, a friendship, they reconcile, and it becomes very it becomes kind of like it's a drama, but it becomes kind of like a psychological drama as the film goes on because it becomes that the main character, her husband, um, you know, she has a, a black husband, you know, a, a black son. They start to become excited when she comes near the house and stuff like that. And, you know, it's almost like homegirl is kind of like taking over her life a little bit. You know what I mean? Um, great film, dude. I would I would suggest you watch it. Uh, it's on Netflix. Called The Passing or Just Passing? Passing. It's just called Passing. Passing, okay. And it's shot in black. It's black and white, too, which is which is a nice end joke because, you know, everything is not black and white. Okay. Um, yeah, and the last one I got for honorable mention is uh, Shang-Chi. Uh, very surprisingly entertaining Marvel film, dude. I, I doubted it when they were showing the trailers. And when you told me you liked it, um, I said, you know what? I got to see it now. Brad told mm-hmm. me it was good. And I saw it, man. I, ver- I, I enjoyed it, man. I feel like it's a great Marvel film. I thought it was 
Um, great story, great character. I was sold. Yep. Uh, was that it for your runners up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for me, uh, I'll actually start off with Shang Chi. This one was on my list for the longest time, and it, it eventually got knocked off because I love kung fu movies, and I love where they were going with this one. Like that bus fight scene, I still think is one of the most fun fight scenes in a Marvel movie. And I will die on that hill because I know that a lot of people, oh, that scene was just too choreographed and stuff. It's like, no, it was very fun. I loved it. And so that one, it it's a great movie, great Marvel movie and great movie even on its own, I think. So mm. that one's definitely it, it was on the list for the longest time, but it slowly got kind of knocked off by everything else. Uh, second for me would be uh, Disney or Pixar's Luca. Uh, this one actually surprised me a lot because this was one of those Pixar movies. Typically, when it comes to Pixar movies, I get excited for those before mm. they come out and everything. Like Soul, I was hyped for that. Uh, like Toy Story, you know, we have very few Pixar movies do I kind of look at and go, eh, not for me. And usually when I see it, I go, yeah, I was right. That one wasn't for me. Like The Good Dinosaur, didn't care for it as much. You know, That one's okay. Right. Uh, but Luca surprised me. So this was one that I kind of watched and I was like, I don't think this one's for me. And I came out going, I really like that movie. You know? Yeah, it was a good movie. And even the way that people have interpreted that movie beyond what its initial interpretation was meant to be, it kind of shows that it could be a fill in the blank for almost like anything. You know? Because people have used it as a way for uh, coming out as gay or dealing with different ethnicities or, you know, basically anything. It's like the story is the same. No matter what you fill in, is your head is what it is. But it's people hiding from themselves. And it's it's a good story because so many people can relate for different reasons. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think it's about that, but I understand how someone. Oh, the creators have come way. out and said exactly what it is, but it's. But at the same time, a lot of people go, you know what? This is how it feels to me, though. And it's like, I can see it, you know. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Uh, I like Luca. I thought Luca was pretty cool. Yeah. And then for me as well, uh, don't look up. I still thought this was good. It, it was wow. It, it didn't make it, you know, high on my list. It was always kind of like in that bottom part, but it, it slowly got knocked off, and for good reason. But I, I think it's it's still an honorable mention as a movie to me. I know you didn't care for it as much, but to me, I thought that it got like a political satire dead on for what it was trying to do. I think it's. I think. I, I think it's. I think it's cool. Um, yeah, I wasn't too sold on it, but I, I. I don't. I'm not mad at anybody for liking it because of how, you know, um, based on truly possible events is what it says on the poster. This mm-hmm. could. This could have happened in the age of number forty-five. Like, it, yeah. If all this came to pass, I could see all of this this film happening. Right. It's. It's very much like a story of another universe kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
And then the last one sadly never made it on the list. But the entire time I was like, I, I want it on the list. I, I really do. But I couldn't find a way to get it on the list. And that's Godzilla versus Kong. Me too, man. I really wanted to put it on there too. Yeah. Because it was a fun movie. And it was a it kaiju was. movie. It, you know, it had everything that I wanted from it. It just for some reason it fell flat compared to everything else that was on the list. Like it, I couldn't justify taking something off the list to put that in, mm-hmm. but I have to mention it because it was a super fun movie. I love Kaiju movies. I love the Godzilla movies and I, I really wanted this one to be on the list, but I just couldn't find a place for it. Yeah. That's an honorable mention for me. Um, yeah, I, I put that an honorable mention. But that that's that's my honorable mentions I have for movies. You said something about TV shows. So there are two TV shows that I, I really wish there was like a way. If we did a top 10 movies and TV shows, these two would have been in my top 10 list. Okay. Uh, first one being Invincible by uh, Robert okay. Kirkman. Uh, I know you've seen this one as well, or you've read the comics at I'm, least I'm re- a little bit. I'm, re- I'm reading the comics, yeah. Oh, okay. So this one is just kind of following uh, a Robert Kirkman going through like a superhero world and everything. Uh, finally got animated for a TV show on Amazon, and they picked the perfect voice casting for like everybody. You know, mm-hmm. uh, this one there's so much to talk about with this one so i'll try and keep it short but it just does a great job of creating this world of superheroes and making every character feel unique enough to be in this world it's basically a satire of marvel and dc while also being its own thing simultaneously it's very much like how the orville is a satire of star trek and star wars while still managing to pull off its own universe and be its own thing by itself Okay. Okay. I, um, dude, I still got to check out the Mandalorian and the book of Boba Fett. Mandalorian is good. Book of Boba Fett only has one episode so far. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm the first episode was okay. I'm, I'm hoping that it starts to ramp up though, because they just had a lot of intro to do in that first episode. A lot of exposition, a lot of X. Ex- well, it, it did a lot of showing and not telling, but there was still a lot to show. So it wasn't an exposition, but it was just a lot that they had to show before we could kind of move on because otherwise people would be like, well, what about this and that? So they pretty much explained a lot of that in the first episode. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, For me, a second show, and I'm willing to bet that you haven't even heard of this one, uh, is called Arcane. Is that an anime or something? It is not an anime. Uh, okay. It is a it's an animated show based around the game League of Legends, which I have mm. not played League of Legends at all. I don't know anything about League of Legends, <laughs> but the show League of Legends, I know like the basic gameplay structure and stuff. You have these heroes that are in the game and you basically is uh, capture the flag more or less mm. and or no more King of the Hill. And the show takes those characters and it actually like goes in depth with them and it does it great. The animation is great. The storytelling is amazing. I actually implore you to watch this one because I think you're going to love it. What is it honest. on? Um, it is on Apple TV. 
Okay. I mean, I'm, I can, I can still access it. Okay. Right. So it is, it definitely like fell off a lot of people's radars because of that. Like even <laughs> I didn't hear about it until people were like, Oh my God, have you seen this one? You know, I've heard Apple TV has some good programming though. They're kind of like still like the little dogs compared to everyone else, but they got some good programs on there. Right. Uh, but it's kind of like, I think we've mocked Peacock a couple times, and it's like, hey, you want to pull that up on Peacock? It's like, no, no, right. I'm good. <laughs> right, I talked about this on Facebook. I'm like, never in my life, and never will I will hear anyone say, hey, man, turn on that Peacock. Yeah. Like, come on, man. <laughs> no way. What's on your no Peacock way. queue? <laughs> hey, man, turn on that Peacock. No, <laughs> no, no. So I think this one kind of fell off a lot of radars because it is an Apple TV exclusive show right now, uh, but it is absolutely phenomenal. And if it wasn't for the fact that I heard so many people go, you need to see this, uh, including people that don't even watch like animated shows kind of going, no, 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 watch this one. And so it got my attention that way. And then I watched the first episode and I was like, okay, that was good. And I watched the second episode. I was like, okay, that was very good. And then episode three I, and, and the rest of the series are blended into one giant queue of watching them back to back. Okay. It looks like it has, wait, this is on Netflix. It says it's on Netflix, not Apple. Is it on Netflix too? Yeah. I swear it was originally like on Apple, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah. So oh. that one is one to highly recommend to watch. Okay, all right. I will put that. I will add that to the <laughs> to the ever growing list. The ever growing queue. queue. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna knock that queue down this year, man. I am. Uh, okay, that's on the queue. Uh, is that it on your end? Uh, for TV shows, for me, those are the two that like I feel like need to be mentioned for 2021. Okay, no more honorable mentions or anything nothing like else that. on my list. Okay, all right. Uh, Any films this year you're looking forward to? Uh, This year, obviously I need to check out Licorice Pizza. Okay. Uh, That one's been on my list that I need to see it, and I think it's starting to finally come into theaters as well. Yeah, it's, it's already in theaters. Okay. So I need to see that one. Uh. When it comes to this year, I'm trying to think of what movies are even coming up, and it's I'm drawing a blank. I just got Morbius, Doctor Strange 2. Um, I think Chris Nolan's film is coming out this year or next year. Uh, See, the one the about is, I don't even know if you know, like Morbius and Doctor Strange. The Morbius comes out in January, so that's a given that that's definitely coming out. Batman uh, is that this year? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, as far as TV shows go, I know Atlanta is finally coming back. Yes, for season three in March. You know, I know that's going to be great. Um, Better Call Saul's coming back for its final season, or the first part of the final season. I hate it when they do that, man. Yeah, like, just just give it all in one go. Like, I, I no, nah, if it's twelve and twelve, I'm perfectly okay with that. I think Walking Dead does that. They throw a lot at you, but if it's like six and six, I'm like. I don't want to wait six months in between the six. Just give it, give it all in one go. I want to say it's supposed to be like eight and eight. It's doing the same thing that Breaking Bad did. Yeah, but even then, I was kind of like, "Come on, man! Like, just just give the whole thing at us." But I I understand. Yeah. Uh, 
Uh, we do have the second part of Attack on Titans final season coming this year as well. Still got to check that out. Oh, I know a, you you need to. <laughs> I know it's a great show. I, I I've heard all glowing reviews of it. I know it's a great show. I yep. still got I got that and Demon Slayer that I need to check out. But uh, Demon Slayer, I, I still need to watch as well. I got to get through the sixty-three episode monster that is monster. Yep. Uh, I think Primal's coming back for a second season. I don't know if you ever finished watching the first season or not. Oh, of course. We talked about it. Okay. Yeah. Primal's going to be amazing, dude. Uh, oh, yeah. Genity has come a long way since Samurai Jack, and even that's a great show. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for season two of Primal. Yep. Uh, for the rest of the year, though, it's it's hard to be like, oh, what movies am I excited for? Because... I don't know most of what's coming this year because every release date oh. is kind of like spring 2022. And it's like, well, when does that get pushed back to fall? And then 2023 and now here's, here's the real question. Now, dude, did you, did you, did you know that Jackass got pushed back again? I thought it already came to theaters. Um, I remember that one did get pushed back. I have no idea when the new release date is, but I know that it was supposed to come out back in like October, November, right? Right, like I, I thought it already came to theaters and left, but everyone say, "Oh yeah, it's coming in February." I'm like, all those times I saw those trailers, they're just now pushing it back. Yeah, I'm not even. I wasn't excited in the first place, but now I'm just like, "Wow, that's still a thing." <laughs> they, they should just release it on Peacock and, and be over. Uh, they should just <laughs> release, release it on the Paramount Network and just be over with it. You know what I mean? Um, yeah well that's where like a lot of my hype for movies is like gone away where until it's like two weeks out i can't guarantee that's actually coming out anymore even like when no way home was coming out for sure in december everybody was like well maybe though we'll see if it gets pushed back yeah I, um yeah i mean on omicron kind of threw everything out into like a disarray but um, what I want to ask you, you think Warner Brothers is going to pull that same trick they did again? This, this, where they, they, uh, they do the simultaneous um, premieres on HBO Max and theaters? Um, oh, that's right. That ends now, doesn't it? It ended. I yeah. think it ended, yeah. Um, I don't think that they're going to pull it again because I think they kind of – ruffled a lot of feathers with that one and i don't think that they want to do a part two of that the only way i see it working out is if they negotiate back-end streaming points for their actors for their cast and crew right it would have to be i don't think any of the movies this year will pull it off but we could see some of the movies that come out in 2023 or 2024 doing that because they do have a couple exclusive movies coming and exclusive Mm -hmm. shows coming and stuff like that that they've already kind of worked out Yep, Peacemaker Peacemaker being one of them. Uh, I want to say that they have a uh, Birds of Prey sequel that's going to be an HBO Max exclusive. Oh, that's cool. Um, I don't know if that one was confirmed or if that one was just rumors or not. Um, Okay. But they already have a couple like HBO Max exclusive movies that'll have simultaneous theater theatrical releases as well but they were made as streaming movies that's where the negotiations already were 
So it's not movie theaters that are being pushed into HBO Max like we saw with Dune and uh, The Suicide Squad. And I'm trying to think of what other movies hit that. Uh, Godzilla vs. Kong. King Richard. King Richard. Um, yeah, you know, uh, Judas and the Black Messiah. That was actually a very good movie. I think Was that 2021? Movie. I thought that was a 2020 movie. No, that was 2021. Oh, wow. That, that was, was a very, really early in the year. Yeah, that was a very good movie, man. I think that's an honorable mention on my list. But, oh, I know one thing I am looking forward to this year, specifically this month, Sundance. Oh, yes, Sundance at the end of the month. So starting on January 23rd? I believe so. Yeah. Look, man, I really hope you get your single tickets, man. Oh, I, mean, I will. I, I've got it on my calendar and everything. January 6th. That that's the first thing that I'm doing for the day is grabbing those tickets. I get I can't believe on the day when they went on sale, you told me like uh oh yeah, I'm ready to get my tickets. Wait a minute, this is for in person, not online. Yeah, yeah. all the times I was looking at were for the in person times, not the, the online. I didn't realize it was separate times. You were like, so, shit, I messed up my list. Yeah. <laughs> that was funny to me, man. Um yeah, but I, I you know, I, I'm sure you'll get your seats, dude. Like, I, it's kind of like you said, it makes no sense for it to be sold out like this early, or like even for like something streaming. But you know. right, it feels weird that they would sell out of streaming tickets. Uh, I could see if they put like a hard cap on how many that they sell overall, but I have a hard time believing that they're gonna cap off per movie and stuff like that. Ah. Uh. I mean, it's Sundance, so some of these movies you gotta you gotta remember they're unreleased, right? But oh, we'll see. Um, I think I'm gonna be fine though, because I don't think yeah. I'm going for any of the heavy hitter movies. Uh, not that I know what the heavy hitter movies this year even are. <laughs> if you don't think Final Cut is gonna be a heavy hitter movie, um, I really hope that at the very least I can get into that one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's the thing about Sundance though. There's like so many options to choose from. Yeah. Yeah. Like I think I might end up getting some extra tickets too. In addition to my day. Yeah. You're going to grab some of the solo tickets. Yeah. Cause there's one, uh, mini series about Bill Cosby that I really want to see. And there's a movie called fresh and a movie called resurrection that I'm interested in. Yeah. But all right, y'all. Um, I hope you had a, a great 2021 as as much as you could uh let's cheers to say that uh 2022 was way better and uh take care <laughs>